Would it surprise you to hear that Jonah, the most reluctant of all of the prophets, the one called by God to go to Nineveh and preach against it, the one who did not want to go to Nineveh in the first place, who instead went down to Joppa and bought a ticket for Tarshish, who ran far away from Nineveh as far as possible, and who tried to run away from the Lord. That Jonah? Would it surprise you to know that he was actually the single most successful prophet in the entirety of the Old Testament? True. Jonah was more successful than Hosea. He was more successful than Amos. He was even more successful than the prophet Isaiah. Tonight, we are in chapter 3 of Jonah, who was when we left off last week, back on dry land, having been spit out by the fish, Pastor Strand Patterson wondered at the conclusion of her sermon, will Jonah, whose prayer from inside the belly of the fish showed that he had moved from despair to gratitude, will he be a new man in chapter three? So let's see. Chapter three begins with a hopeful sign. It opens with words that are pure grace. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Did you hear that? Those three little words at the end, a second time. Jonah was being given another opportunity to do the right thing, to obey the Lord, to be an instrument of God, to make a difference in this world. This divine second chance is a stunning reminder that God's grace is available to all who have messed up, who have run away, who have disobeyed God, and who stand in need of knowing that they're not washed up. God said to Jonah a second time, Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message that I will give to you. And the wonderful surprise is, he goes. He doesn't run in the other direction like the last time. He doesn't protest. He just goes, which unfortunately sounds far more promising than it really is. Nineveh is described as a large, great, and very important city. It says that a three days walk was required to cross it. At 24 miles per day, that would be a city approaching 75 miles across. Verse 4, chapter 3, says that Jonah entered the city and went one day's walk and then proclaimed 40 days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. A few observations. One, Jonah had just traveled literally hundreds of miles, first in one direction and then in the other, not to mention the leagues traveled while in the belly of the fish. And then upon entering Nineveh, he was unable, or maybe he was just unwilling, to walk any further than a third of the way in. One gets the sense right here that Jonah's commitment to delivering the message from God for all of Nineveh to hear was pretty low. Which brings us to a second observation. Jonah's sermon was exactly five words long. Stop. I know what you are thinking. <laughs> 
You are thinking a five-word sermon, if only. (laughs) This is how I imagined Jonah in Nineveh. He entered the city, his head hung low, dragging his feet, wanting to be anywhere else in the world. Okay, well, maybe not back in the belly of that fish, so let's say just about anywhere else in the world. And he was not at all interested in seeing Nineveh saved. Nineveh was the enemy. And to make matters worse, they were not one bit sorry or repentant and therefore did not deserve to be warned, much less forgiven by God. This was Jonah's moral dilemma, delivering a message of grace to a people who from his perspective were utterly undeserving. So, the reluctant prophet just barely manages to spit out his five-word sermon on the outskirts of the city, and I imagine that he proclaimed it something like this. Forty days and Nineveh will be overthrown. (laughs) And then, something amazing happened. The Ninevites believed Not some of them, not just those who saw Jonah and somehow miraculously managed to hear what he said or managed to decipher his message, but all of them, from the greatest to the least. The Bible tells us they declared a feast and put on sackcloth. And when the news reached the king, he too took off his robes and covered himself with sackcloth, and he sat down in the dust. And that is how Jonah became the single most successful, albeit reluctant, prophet in the Old Testament. With just five words, and I should pause here to say for those of you who are counting, that's five words in Hebrew. With just five words, Jonah converted an entire city. There is not another prophet that can lay claim to that. And one final observation. When it comes to grace, Jonah was both a recipient and an agent. He was on the receiving end of God's grace, which was unearned, unmerited, undeserved, but given nevertheless. And he was an agent of grace through whom God was at work reconciling a city unto himself, a city that had done nothing to earn or merit such favor. It's tragic, isn't it? How Jonah's own experience of being rescued from the sea, of being given a second chance, of being on the receiving end of the grace of God, didn't translate into a readiness to be an agent of the grace of God for others. So circling back to Pastor Strand Patterson's question, was Jonah a changed man in chapter 3? While it doesn't much look like it, I will answer that question with this from author Anne Lamott. She says, I do not at all understand the mystery of grace, only that it meets us where we are, but it does not leave us where it found us. In the name of Jesus.
Amen.